Welcome to the She Heals the World talk show with Dr. S, the place to hear stories of heart-driven women creatively living free. Our episodes highlight conversations and insights that support the values of self-care, creative and personal freedom, slower living, happiness, health, and wellness to help you live your absolute best life. To be a part of the movement and join the conversation, step inside our free Facebook group, She Heals the World, and say hello. It brings me great joy to bring you our next episode. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today for the She Heals the World talk show. I have an amazing guest, Mary Ellen Phipps, joining us today. She is a registered dietitian and blogger, and she is the main woman behind milkandhoneynutrition.com. She's also a wife, mom, type 1 diabetic, and recipe developer that loves anything and everything to do with food. So we have a fellow foodie joining us today. She strives to bring the joy back to food and cooking. No more shame, no more stress. And her recipes are delicious, simple, and beautiful things that she makes in her own home. They also happen to be diabetes-friendly and gluten-free for her husband, who has celiac disease. And so I thought it would be phenomenal to bring Mary on today to just tell us her story about what it is like to build such a heart-centered business, how she got success, and anything else that she'd like to share with us about dreaming and building a healthy lifestyle. So Mary, thank you for joining us on the show today. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. So you have built this empire that is all around healthy eating and health and wellness. And so I would love for you to let us know how you got started. Sure. Yeah. So my, I guess my story technically starts all the way back when I was five years old. I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And Mm. so I kind of learned really early on that what I ate mattered and it affected how I thought and how I felt and the activities I could do. But I also learned that you can manipulate any food to do exactly what you want it to do for your body. Um, So that could mean making it healthier. That can mean pairing it with certain things. And so that, that kind of was in my head all growing up. And then I got to college and realized, oh, my gosh, I could make a career out of this. And so I went down the path to be a dietitian and had your typical, like, clinical job. I worked in a diabetes education center. And then I did some corporate wellness. And after my two daughters were born, my husband and I decided I was going to stay home for a little bit, be with them. And we had some different financial things happen. And it became clear that I needed to go back to work sooner rather than later. And in the mm-hmm. process, um, I'd had a lot of friends um, or friends of friends reach out to me in that time and really want to know what I did for my diabetes. And in the past, I had always um, not hit it, but I didn't really talk about I, what I did for my own self. I more talked about, like, the official recommendations that I would give, like, in an office setting to a client or a patient. And so, but I started to notice that people really wanted to know what worked for me and what I did. And so that was kind of where Milk and Honey Nutrition was born um, about, it's been over three years now. And so it just kind of blossomed into this online blog. And really what I wanted it to be was this space where you take what um, maybe you're told you're, you're a newly type 1 or type 2 diabetic in a doctor's office, but I wanted to give people resources and tools to take what they learned in the doctor's office and apply it in their home. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Now, I am looking at your gorgeous website, and I know you have also <laughs> created quite a following on social media as well. So what hurdles did you overcome in the building process? I mean, going from 
the whole switch and transition of building this beautiful empire and getting started to where you are now, where it is pretty much fully built, it's existing, it's working, you have clients and readers. What hurdles did you experience between then and today? Um, so I think definitely early on, really for the first year, I was kind of just spinning my wheels and honestly not really getting anywhere. I felt I didn't truly understand the idea of niching down and really catering to one specific audience. And mm. I think once I did that, um, I really started to hone in on people and just this idea that you can be the number one person for a small group of people, or you can be, eh, there's that person to everyone. So, mm. um, and so this idea of like niching down. And I learned that because I finally also got the mindset of you do have to spend a little money to make money. And that mm. was a hard hurdle, especially as a mom who had been at home with my kids. Um, it was a hard hurdle to get over to think, okay, well, maybe we do need to spend some money on childcare so that I can have time to work. Or maybe we do need to spend some money on these development courses or these um, online summits or something so I can learn what I need to to grow this online presence. And so once we really did that, I think it was a combination of spending a little money, changing my mindset, and then really just kind of narrowing down on what I wanted to focus on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I noticed with a lot of wellness entrepreneurs that we have um, on the show that a big part of the work, which we don't expect, is like the technical pieces. And when I look at your site and I see all your beautiful photos of the food and that you've been able to get on TV and just like all of that part, um, I think the unexpected stuff, how do you manage that knowing that you're trained as a dietitian, you're trained to teach people how to eat healthy and how to take care of their bodies, but then you also now have this whole new work stream of like managing a blog and setting up a blog and taking photos and uploading to social media. And I'm just wondering how you manage that and maybe what advice you have for other wellness entrepreneurs who are trying to get known as well. Yeah, definitely. I think this is a perfect example of know what you're good at and the things you aren't outsourced. And so mm. I like I started off with a very bare bones website, um, but like you're saying, quickly realized like if I want this to be this beautiful, because um, while it doesn't technically have to be pretty, that's what ropes people in. Um, I yeah. outsourced that to an official web designer who taught me how to do all that. Um, mm. I Instagram is kind of like my powerhouse, but other social media channels are a struggle for me, and so I've outsourced um, the management of those and having help with those. And so I think just recognizing one, what you enjoy doing, what you're good at. So obviously I love the nutrition piece of it. I love writing about it. I don't necessarily love the scheduling of emails and the setting up the actual technical parts of the blog post. And so just recognizing once you get to a point, what you can have other people do and what you can keep doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what has been your greatest win throughout your whole experience as a blogger, as a social media leader, and as a dietitian? Oh, goodness. Uh, probably, I'd probably have to say there's probably two different ones. So this is a little bit more of a personal note, but when I first started, our goal was, like I said, we had some financial things come up that we had to cover. But once we got past that, um, there was a big loan that we had to pay off, and I was able to, through my income, uh, pay off that loan for our family. And so that was a big deal to me to know that as a woman, I was contributing to our family where I'd gone from being out of the workforce 
um, to now I was a significant contributor to our income alongside my husband. And so that was, personally, that was just a really big victory for me. <laughs> um, and then probably the other one was breaking into getting a regular TV gig. And so one thing I've noticed is that once you spend the time and really kind of build up a social media following, TV producers start to take notice because they know that you also have a platform to advertise their TV shows. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of a, a two-way street and a win-win for everybody. And so that was kind of big for me to kind of go past the social media and really kind of break into TV as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's so funny that you said that because um, earlier on another episode we were talking about getting published. And one thing that one of the guests was saying was that you need to get a platform and be known so that other publishers will take notice. And I'm wondering, like, roughly how long did it take you to start to build a platform that was noticeable um, for other people to kind of start to pitch you offers and, and brand deals and all those kinds of things? That's an excellent question. That's one I get on my end a lot as well. So I started, and it really has to do with social media because that's what people can see. And I want to say that I probably had around six or 7,000 followers on Instagram when I first started getting brand offers for paid content. Uh, mm. And it kind of went from there. I, I had one brand that kind of probably took a little bit of a leap of faith on me because I wasn't quite as big as some others at the time. Um, but, you know, with one brand comes some respect and some credibility to other brands. And so it just kind of snowballs from there. But I think it was around six or 7,000 followers mm. when I mm-hmm. got, like, my first legitimate sponsored gig, I guess. Nice. And how many years in were you when you got that amount of followers? That was about a year and a half in. Uh, like wow. I said, that first, awesome. That first year uh, was, I was spinning my wheels doing nothing. And if I could go back and tell myself one thing is to invest on the front side and to learn the strategy. It's so much more than just, you know, happy, carefree, throwing up a photo, doing this, that, or the other. There's so much, and I'm sure you're, you know, too, like so much back-end work on the strategy and everything that you do with it. All right. Well, I love that, you know, you shared so much about your business journey with us. And I, you know, would be remiss if I didn't tap into the amazing knowledge that you have about diabetes and about really supporting people in um, living a diabetic-friendly lifestyle. So I know you have some recipes that you brought to to give our audience with just in case they or somebody that they know may be um, struggling with diabetes or just in case they want to manage their blood sugar a little bit better. And so I can't wait for you to share with us some tips. What do you got for us today? Yeah, sure. So uh, one of the things with diabetes, and you said uh, it's in my bio that you read, but I find so many diabetics are so stressed out about what they can and cannot eat. And it just makes me so sad because food is this awesome blessing and it's such a joy. And to see people agonize over it just makes me so sad. And so that is always my goal is to help people enjoy food again. Um, Because it's a 100% fact, if you don't like the way it tastes, it's not going to bring you joy. And so mm-hmm. um, my first tip, uh, an, an example to show you in a recipe would be, I have a recipe for avocado banana cookies. And so these are a perfect example of there's no added sugar in them. They're made with um, whole ingredients. We're not using butter. We're using avocado oil, avocado. There's oats. There's bananas. There's dates. Um, a lot of really nutrient-dense things in there um, that mm. kind of show you how you can pack a ton of nutrition into something like a cookie that you would otherwise think wouldn't be good for much nutritional value. And mm-hmm. so they're also very 
high in fiber, and they showcased that my three kind of blood sugar buffers, fiber, protein, and fat, um, mm. all wrapped up into one. And those are kind of things you want to look for in snacks and meals to prevent those blood sugar spikes. Nice. I didn't even know, I mean, this may be a silly question, but I didn't know you could bake avocado. I'm quite sure that there are some recipes out there with that. But so you you mix it in and you put it right in the oven. Right. You can just think of it as it's it's a a malleable fat, just like butter or anything wow. else. And so you can replace butter with it. And then butter does have a little bit of water in it. So that's where we add a little bit of extra oil as well. But yeah, you can use mm-hmm. it in the same way. Makes it a little bit green. But if you can get over that, <laughs> then you don't taste it at all. Oh, I'm sure it's delicious. Yeah. And then, so for the second one, um, is more of a dinner recipe. It's a cranberry quinoa and veggie saute. And so I know that whether you're diabetic or not, we're all busy. We all do not want to spend an hour in the kitchen every night cooking dinner. And whether you meal prep or not, uh, dinner should be easy to get on the table. And so it's a great example of a one-pot dish. We've got a lot of fiber and then some extra protein with the quinoa because quinoa is one of our highest protein grains. And then you throw whatever vegetables you want in there. You can add meat if you want. You don't have to. You can also use beans. Um, and then you throw a little teeny tiny bit of sweetness with some dried cranberries. And so it just combines into this really flavorful, salty, sweet combo that, again, has those three fiber, protein, and fat going on for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So do you recommend, though, this is a, a sidebar question, do you recommend that folks stay completely away from sugar? Is that something that you have had to do with your diagnosis? No, not at all. And I think um, it is important to differentiate between uh man-made sugar or added sugar and um, naturally occurring sugar that would be found in like milk and fruit and vegetables and grains and that kind of thing. Our body processes those two differently. And so Mm -hmm. I do think paying attention to added sugar is important. However, it's certainly not off limits. I'm definitely of the mindset that all food fits. We just need to figure out how it fits for you. And so that may mean that you, if there's like some dessert you really want to eat, maybe it's a very rare occasion or you just make sure you're pairing it with like a protein source. Or if there's a higher carb breakfast item you want to have, sometimes for some, most people you can accommodate that by throwing some scrambled eggs with it to kind of buffer that blood sugar response. Um, so those mm. are kind of the strategies we work through with each person. Yeah, those are great cheats. I'm going to use some of those <laughs> myself. <laughs> Lovely. What's the yeah. third one you got? Yeah, so the third one is, um, going back to cookies, can you tell I like to bake? Um, but one thing that a lot of people don't realize, you were surprised by the avocado, but you may be even more surprised at this, is that beans are the perfect addition to baked goods. And ah. so we, whether it's chickpeas or black beans, those are kind of the two I like to use the most. Um, they add protein, they add fiber, they add a complex carb, and they result in the um, chewiest, uh, like super moist uh, baked goods. And so I have a recipe for oatmeal chocolate chip high protein cookies that mm. um, are delicious. And the the base of them is just some whole grain oats uh, and the chickpeas. And so when you puree that together, it re- makes a paste that almost resembles cookie dough. And then you add your typical like other flavorings in there, like vanilla extract and a little bit of oil and things like that. Um, but it just mm-hmm. makes for a lot healthier uh, base than, say, traditional flour and butter. Wow. Mary Ellen, I am going to have to check these out. What I love about what you shared is that there's protein in them. And I have to say, for me, when I 
watch my eating, I typically tend towards more of a plant-based lifestyle. It's always so hard for me to get in any kind of meat. I just don't normally eat it. I don't like it a lot. And so whenever I talk to a health person, they're always like, oh, you need to get more meat in. You need to eat more protein. You know, it can't just be carbs and veggies and fruits. And so, and I know that in itself is controversial, but I still love that you shared the quinoa. You know, that turned a light on in my head that said, oh, my gosh, I need to just eat more quinoa. And then you talked about <laughs> beans, and that's something, too. And so um, I love, love, love those approaches. And I'm going to make sure I link everybody to these uh, in the show notes as well. And so uh, if you could look back and give your 10-year younger self any piece of advice, what would it be? Um, I think just not to stress over the diabetes and also that it's a blessing in disguise because I always tell people are like, I don't know how you do it. And sometimes kind of my sarcastic response back is, well, I have to or I die. But mm. <laughs> looking past <laughs> that is that mm-hmm. I, if I can pinpoint different things in my life, like I met my husband because I'm diabetic. I have two healthy children and I love to say that my diabetes defines me. And I mean that in the best way possible because it's given me the career I have. It allows me to relate to people and it's open doors for me that I definitely would not have had without it. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Where can our audience find you? Yeah, so you can check out um, milkandhoneynutrition.com, or I like to hang out on Instagram. Um, it's milkinhoneynutrition is my handle, and you can come say hi in stories. And, yeah, or you can find me on Facebook, too, Milk and Honey Nutrition. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Mary Ellen. These, trips, these tips are amazing, and I'm quite sure they'll be put to good use. I can't wait to have you back again, hopefully not too far from now, and, um, and we'll touch base again soon. Lots of love. Yes, thank you. Well, there you have it. Thanks so much for listening to the show today, and as always, for more resources, As you continue to live out your beautiful mission of healing the world and grow your beautiful business, you can head to www.shehealstheworld.com forward slash freebie to see what new resources I have in store for you. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend. And I can't wait to see you at the next episode.